This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Chichaco Checklist, Part 1 of 2. Chichaco Checklist, Part 1. We get two types of visitors at the Walnut Crescent Bed and Breakfast. Some are short-term visitors here on a holiday or maybe attending a conference. Others are people moving to Yukon who stay with us until they can find permanent homes. All of them ask questions about the land, the people, and the customs. My wife Mara, daughter Alex, and I are quite happy to talk, but the same questions crop up every time. So we've compiled these into a checklist of things that everyone should know about Yukon. Let's start with basic vocabulary. The first question that every newcomer asks is, which is correct, Yukon or the Yukon? The answer is, of course, it depends. For many years, the official name of the political jurisdiction in which we live was the Yukon Territory. In 2003, that changed to simply Yukon, no the. However, it's still quite acceptable to refer to the general geographical area as the Yukon, sort of like the Punjab or the North. But most of the time, the distinction between the jurisdiction and the geographical area isn't important. So Yukon is used with and without the the. Some old-timers get really upset by the use of Yukon without the the. That's because they don't understand the difference. Yes, change is difficult. So anything that isn't part of Yukon, or that isn't inside the Yukon, is outside. That's outside with a capital O. So if someone says, I'm going outside, can I get you something? They probably mean they're flying to Vancouver and are wondering if they can bring back anything from Mountain Equipment Co-op for you. However, if they're driving a truck, then they want to know if you need something from Ikea. A Chichaco is a newcomer who has not spent a full year, especially a winter, in Yukon. Anyone who is not a Chichaco is a sourdough. Don't confuse that with sour toe, which is something you might find in a cocktail in Dawson City. The real secret is that most long-time Yukoners consider themselves sourdoughs, even though they go outside for a few weeks every winter and might not ever have spent 12 consecutive months here. Anyone who lives in Yukon but doesn't live in Whitehorse lives in one of the communities, that's with a capital C. Canada means the government of Canada or federal civil servants. For example, one might hear, yes, that's a great idea, but then we're not from Canada. Let's consult them. They might even have some funding to contribute. So yes, we have many governments in Yukon. They are the government of Canada, the government of Yukon, the municipal governments, and the 14 First Nation governments. A quarter of the Yukon population works for some government. That's a change from the good old days fondly remembered by the old-timers. Then, Anyone who had the slightest marketable skill or glimmering of intelligence worked in a mine, and only losers had government jobs. White people who were born in Yukon, or probably the Yukon, and have lived here all their lives, are BNR, which means born and raised, as in Yukon born and raised. 
There aren't many BNR, so anyone who is BNR will be sure to tell you about it. Of course, the Aboriginal people were here long before the BNR. The majority of Yukoners came from somewhere else, maybe just for a visit or a short-term job, and they're still here. Skookum is a useful word. It's an adjective, as in, that's a skookum pair of mitts you're wearing. It means good or powerful. And when referring to a person, it means honest and reliable. Skookum is a family name in Yukon. And Skookum Jim was the co-discoverer of gold in the Klondike, which started the gold rush at the end of the 19th century. His name lives on in the Skookum Jim Friendship Center in Whitehorse. Up and down are prepositions meaning south and north, respectively. One might say, I drove down to Dawson, meaning a trip north, which is down the Yukon River. There are no cottages in Yukon, only cabins. So if you're renting a cabin for a weekend or for a year, make sure you know what blue jug water means. A cabin with blue jug water means it actually doesn't have any water and that you are expected to haul your own from town in blue plastic jugs. Okay, so now a word about transportation. The gold rush novelty of climbing over the Chilkoot Pass was quickly supplanted by the narrow gauge railway from Skagway and a network of sternwheeler steamboats. The Alaska Highway appeared in the 1940s and has slowly evolved to the point where it's mostly paved. Whitehorse is 1,400 kilometers from the start of the highway in Dawson Creek, BC, and 2,000 kilometers from Edmonton. That might seem a long way from anywhere, but it certainly doesn't deter RVs from all over North America. It's obviously no barrier to the giant German army trucks that are converted to RVs. Several of these appear every week during the spring and summer. I guess their owners ship them to Halifax or Montreal and are probably surprised and disappointed to find any roads at all west of Toronto. All the communities except Old Crow are connected by road. Many tourists visit Yukon while driving through to Alaska or up the Dempster Highway to Inuvik and Tuktoyoktok. The Sternwheelers stopped running in the 1950s, and there hasn't been a train to Whitehorse since 1982, so a lot of people fly. Air Canada shuttles regularly to and from Vancouver. People remember with bitterness the days when Air Canada was the only way to fly outside, and how much it cost because there was no competition. Even now that the prices have come down, travelers still make jokes about Air Canada's alleged lack of customer service and reliability. Air North, on the other hand, provides friendly, reliable service to Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Kelowna, Victoria, and sometimes Yellowknife and Ottawa. It also serves some of the communities north of Whitehorse. Air North is owned by friendly Yukoners. The Vantat Echin of Old Crow own 49%, and other ordinary people around town have shares too. The airline often sponsors local events. They still provide food on flights, and they bend over backward to accommodate Yukoners having to fly at the last moment for family emergencies. They also have regular sales of packages of prepaid flights, which are a great deal that all sourdoughs know about. In short, Air North is just the opposite of what people imagine Air Canada to be. When WestJet announced that they were going to start flying between Whitehorse and outside, many people were quite worried about the effect this would have on friendly Air North. Letters to the editor gave glowing testimonials to Air North's superiority 
and others vowed to shut out WestJet completely. But WestJet only comes to Whitehorse in the summer and brings in lots of tourists. For you, Connors, WestJet is sort of like Walmart. People really don't want to shop there, but they're occasionally seduced by the low prices. So anyone flying to or from outside tries to take Air North, and the prices are often slightly lower. However, when going on to other destinations, travelers are often defensive. Well, it wasn't my choice. I had to take Air Canada to get the connection to Hawaii. Many people, except for the visiting Germans, are surprised that we have a weekly direct flight in spring, summer, and fall, to and from Frankfurt, courtesy of Condor Airlines. Sunday is usually Condor Day. By 7 a.m. on Monday morning, there are groups of jet-lagged Germans marching around downtown Whitehorse looking for coffee and waiting for the outdoor stores to open. By late Monday afternoon, they appear in the superstore parking lot, filling up their rented vehicles with immense bags of flour and other groceries. Of course, the local ravens know the routine too, and consider any food left unattended in the back of an open pickup truck to be fair game. But what about prices and stores? Well, most Chichacos are surprised to find that for a city of fewer than 30,000 people, Whitehorse is well served by chain stores. Canadian Tire, Mark's Work Warehouse, Walmart, McDonald's, Superstore, Home Hardware, two Tim Hortons, two and a half Starbucks, and two and a half Subways. There is the usual panoply of pizza places, A&W, and KFC. The Dairy Queen closed years ago, but there is a marble slab. Several good bookstores and a complete range of local businesses mean that it's possible to find just about anything in Whitehorse. Anything except for men's jackets and ties. That's okay because few people except politicians and their significant sycophants wear jackets and ties. I suppose they get them outside. Yes, compared to Ottawa or even Edmonton, the standard of dress here is very relaxed and quite practical. Blue jeans and hiking boots are quite acceptable in most business and government work situations, as well as in social situations such as evening concerts at the Arts Centre. It's just not important. We do have an iron and ironing board here at the B&B, but they are considered curious anomalies. A smartly creased shirt is the mark of an obvious chichaco. We have some interesting commercial combinations in Whitehorse. Some people assume that the pizza parlor and investment counselor are the same business. The combination tattoo parlor, music store, and art gallery recently moved to a Main Street location. Bicycles and coffee roasting together? Sure, why not? And the used furniture store that also sells wedding dresses is an interesting place to visit. The price of gasoline in Whitehorse is only about 10 cents higher than the national average and a bit cheaper than in Montreal. Another 500 kilometers north to Dawson, or up in Eagle Plains on the Dempster though, the price of gas is unbelievably high for any visitor from outside. Yukoners just shrug, fill up, and pay. The price of food in Whitehorse is not significantly higher than in Edmonton. Everything comes up the highway by truck, except when it doesn't. One summer, the highway was closed by flooding for the better part of a week. Grocery store produce departments emptied quickly and toilet paper became a hot commodity. Real sourdoughs keep secret stashes of life's essentials. There is some agriculture here in Yukon, mostly in favorable microclimates in the river valleys. In Whitehorse, the summer farmer's market in Shipyards Park 
is the place to find local produce. There are a few other places to get imported, sometimes organic, fruit and vegetables. Many people have their own greenhouses, which do well. The longer summer days compensate for the shorter season. And aside from that, several chain grocery stores feed the people of Whitehorse. Chachaco Checklist continues in Part 2. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.